boost your sales with a powerful email sequence. Find out how to do it on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by LearnDash, the backbone of my membership area. Launch your next course on the right foot at CernMaster.com front slash LearnDash. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm an old-school, traditional email marketer, and I absolutely positively believe that emails matter. Whether it's your sales page and a joint venture partner is sending traffic or using paid traffic, or it's your own audience you're sending to affiliate offer, emailing is a big part of what you do every single day. I write emails every single day. It's part of my business. Why? Because it's our primary form of communication with our audience. You will always have more people see your email subject lines than read your emails. Have more people read your emails than click the link. Have more people read that email than look at your sales letter or your blog posts. So it's so important to take advantage of this communication modality. The reason I'm a big believer over other communication channels is that you get attention. We're all thinking about multiple things and studies show that most people can think about five to seven things at a time. We can hold five to seven ideas in our head and if we add a new one in, one gets pushed out. Great example of this, I watch my children. The way they interact with the internet is so different than the way I do. They love to watch YouTube or TikTok videos or whatever app I don't even always know and they'll watch these videos that other kids made with their parents and they'll watch uh, five minute videos, seven second videos, and they're just flipping through. And every time you're watching a video on YouTube, there's like 10 videos on the side. It goes recommended videos. The video ends, they go, you should watch this one next or this one next. There are ads inside the videos. Our attention's always divided. I know a lot of people are really into sending messages inside Facebook chat, but there's ads in there too. So all these other channels, there's constant distractions. There's a reason that tweets get really low click rates. It's impossible to look at a single tweet at a time because there's always like 50 on your screen. So people see all of these messages at once, it's hard to get that undivided attention. But when someone's reading your email, very rarely are they distracted by something else. Unless they're on Gmail, which sticks ads and emails too. But I'm not a Gmail user for that reason. I don't need ads in my emails. I already get enough ads in my life. The goal of your email is to generate the click. That's the measurement of a success of every email that I send. What percentage of people who open that email click the link? This has nothing to do with money or sales. This has to do with relationship. I want to know... If I succeeded, many, many, many of my emails send you to blog posts or podcast episodes or free books. You know I'm into extreme giving. It doesn't matter how many people open your email. It matters how many people click the link because otherwise they never see the sales page so nothing happens. So our goal, especially when we're sending a sales email sequence, is to get people to look at the sales page. We want to generate that click. We want them to take that first action. We've talked about this before when I talked about used car dealers. When I went through my used car, my car sales training, there's a process called the escalation letter, the yes letter, where you get people to do smaller actions and bigger and bigger actions. So the first action is someone reads your subject and they click and open the email. The second action is they read the email and click and come to your website. Now they've taken two actions on a path. It's more natural, like, well, I'm already here. I might as well scroll down the page. So getting those clicks, getting them to take that action is important because otherwise all the effort you put into your sales page, your sales process, or the sales page that you're promoting doesn't matter because they haven't seen it. There's no chance if people don't see the sales page, for the sales page to work. So you got to get that sales page in front of them. And I'd like to take you through several different types of emails right now. The first of which is called the intrigue email. The first email you can send at the start of a process is the something cool is coming, something amazing. I just recorded a new video that I want you to watch. Hey, I'm having a flash sale. 
there's a massive discount. You won't believe how much I've cut the price. You can find out right here. And people go to the page to see, well, how much is it on sale for? What's the discount? I just saw a discount on a website of a service that I used that was 19% off. And I said, uh, I bought with them, I have a subscription that I bought in on Black Friday and it's 30% off. So the sale is lesser, but I pay attention to those things. So that gets my attention. It works on everyone. And it's that intrigue. Hey, we built something new and you can even build up anticipation before your launch saying, oh, we're, we have something really cool coming in three days. We have something really cool coming in two days. We have something really cool coming tomorrow. Let me know if you want to hear about it. And that excitement translates into more action. We build up a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of intrigue. They go, well, I want to just find out what it's all about. I'll check it out. So that's usually the first email when I'm doing a sequence, whether it's a promotion or it's an evergreen promotion, whether it's an autoresponder. I like to start that way. I just want to say, hey, check this out. You might think it's cool. I'm not really into the hard sell in my emails. I want to start off with breaking down why it might be interesting to you. Starting at something very simple. Hey, you might think this is cool. Let me show you something I think is interesting. Here's why I think it's interesting. And so this intrigue is really the introduction to the content. The second type of email I like to send is content or training. Let's say I'm promoting my course on podcasting and I say, oh, you know what? I'm, we're having a special sale on my podcasting rockstar course. I really love to show you all about it. I know that podcasting seems to seem overwhelming. Let me take you through this process. And in today's email and inside the email, what I'll do is I'll walk them through a process. It'll say, oh, here's how to get amazing podcast guests. Step one, step two, step three. Here's how easy it is. And I teach a lesson. Often it's something I pulled out of the main course. What this does is number one, give value. So people who can't afford my course still learn something. They still get value. I don't want people on my list to never learn anything or never get any value because then what are they doing, right? I don't want to waste their time. It's not about sales emails all day long, every day. That's not very fun for anyone. There has to be a lot of content in there. Believe me, I believe in content. That's why I put out content almost every single day between my video channels, my social media channels, my groups, my podcast, and my blog. I'm really a big believer in putting out content. And we want to give value both on our primary channels and within our emails. We don't want someone who loved our free content to join our email list and never get content again. That's not very good. So we do have to find that balance. And so inside of a promotion, I'll try to teach something that's really valuable. And then when someone goes through that, they can go, oh, that was really interesting. Maybe this course is for me, especially if what you're training or teaching them overcomes that objection. We talked about in the previous episode, building a bonus to overcome objection. You could also do it here which says, oh, I didn't think this was possible, but I was able to do it for me. So your training or content might be a story about yourself, about how you tried something and learned something and discovered that something was possible for you. We're trying here to mostly give value. And then you go, if you want to learn more things like this, you found this interesting, check out this sales page or check out this promotion. So we're giving content. The third type is the bonus reveal. If you're promoting something that's a sales page or a webinar, maybe people don't go through all the content. Often we're so excited and so emotional. We don't we aren't able to write down all the bonuses. We don't really have it clarified when we're watching through it. So you could say, hey guys, I know you're busy. Maybe you watched some of the sales video. You saw some of the sales page, but I know there's a lot of graphics. It could be a little bit overwhelming. Let me just break down what you get. And here's the two bonuses, the three bonuses, the seven bonuses. Here's what bonus one includes, bonus two includes, bonus three. And you're just explaining it. You're providing information, but also you're building a little bit of that excitement. They're going, wow, I really do get a lot of value here. You're focusing on a particular part of your sales process. And this is the order that I usually promote in as well. This is usually the order that I go in. Intrigue, content, bonuses. I assume that by the third email, by the third day, most people know that it's a sales or a product thing, so I don't have to bury it. At first, we're trying to get those intrigue clicks, and now we're going from emotional clicks to logical clicks. So we're trying to touch a different part of our audience. There are people in your audience who make all of their purchasing decisions based on fear. They're the anti-fear buyer. It's a person who, when they get worried about something, they take action. There are other people who buy whenever they're excited. They're an emotional buyer. They go, I'm excited. I'm going to buy something. Whenever I feel happy or the thought of this makes me feel really good, I buy it. There's another type of buyer that's 100% logical. They look and go, well, this is what the bonuses were. This is what I think they're worth. This is how long it would take me to do this program. This is how 
the odds are of success and they write it down, they do a formula, or at least they do it in their head and they go, okay, this seems like a good buying decision. I try to be a logical buyer as much as possible. I try to sit down and do decision-making calculus. When we bought a PlayStation 4 five years ago for my family, I said, you know what? This is a piece of entertainment. Here's what it costs. It's a lot of money, four or five hundred dollars. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was around four hundred dollars we bought it before you get any games. I said, oh, each game is going to be this much. But how long does a game last me? And over time now, I mean, the cost of the PlayStation is like over the years is now five dollars or ten dollars a month or something because I've had it for so many years. And I'll have it for so many years more. And we look at that and go, okay, this was a good investment because it gives me something to do in between. So instead of going out to a bar and spending money on drinks or going out or entertainment, it's actually a really cheap form of entertainment over time especially because I only buy games on sale. I'm always waiting for the game that was $99 to be $10. So sometimes I really want a game and I'll wait three years to get it because I try to be a logical buyer, even though the emotional part of me goes, I don't want to wait, I want to play this right now. Fourth, we have the FAQ email. This is an email where you answer people's most common questions. At the end of any webinar, there's a frequently asked questions portion. Usually, here's how a frequently asked questions section gets developed. You run a webinar and you say, hey, any questions? People type their questions in the chat box you write them down, you save them. The next time you give a webinar, you answer those questions from last time and the questions people asked this time. Just because people, no one asked a question this time doesn't mean no one was thinking it. And if you do a live presentation, I talk a lot about webinars in the webinar uh, podcast episode, totally worth listening to. If you do enough of these, you do 10 or 20, you'll get a really tight list and realize which questions get asked the most. And then those are the ones you answer the first at the beginning of your process and those questions you answer at the end. And it's all built around real questions. So you build out your frequently asked question email that says, here's the questions people ask the most often. Number one, please explain what the offer includes. Number two, what exactly are the bonuses? Number three, what is the refund policy? And then below that, you're going to have things that are more specific. Will this work if I have an injury? Will this work if I'm a smoker? Will this work if whatever those things are, whatever those common objections are, the most common questions are. And how do we find out what those are? Well, we send out an email to people that don't buy after a week of promotions or four days of promotions. Say, hey, you didn't buy. Can you tell me why? What was missing? and they'll answer your question. Sometimes it might be too small. We talked in our last episode about turning those into bonuses. Sometimes what's missing is too small to be a bonus. Instead, you just need to answer the question. And so you answer it in this email so that next time someone on day three or day four of your promotion already has their question answered. They don't have to wait till day seven when they ask it to you directly. The frequently asked question email is really important because it's about meeting people where they are. Oftentimes, the answers to those questions are in the sales page, but who reads the whole sales page? Nobody does. Nobody reads every word on the sales page. No one that I know. All the words have to be there, but most of us just read the highlights. We jump to what the product is. We look at the price. We look at the bonuses. That's how I shop, and so I'm sure that's how most other people shop. Fifth, we have the proof email. This is where we share stories of success. This could be testimonials for people that have been through the program and talk about their success. This could be more screenshots or proof shots of people holding checks or you showing payments that you received or before and after pictures of people who have lost weight as part of the program. All of those things are golden. This could be, if you don't have those yet, a story about your experience with proof. This can be your before and after pictures. This can be saying, hey, you know what? I didn't feel comfortable putting this on the main sales page, but I wanted to share it with you here because you read my emails. Here's my before and after story. Here's more personal part of my journey and reveal something just a little bit more. Guys, you may have noticed that the rain is really pouring in the background. It shouldn't get too loud because we don't have a tin roof, even though my neighbors do. My roof is made out of grass, island living, but hopefully I'll talk louder and you can still hear me and we can get through today's lesson. But proof is where you're meeting people that buy in a different way. People are going, this worked for you, but it was, will this work for, well, me, for me? And a great way to answer our question is, well, it worked for these other people. That's why proof is so powerful. When I'm writing a sales letter, first thing I do is proof. Before I do anything else, proof, proof, proof. If I have a lot of proof, I don't need to have fancy words. The more proof you have, the less skill required to write a good sales letter. The beauty of proof is it's something you can gather over time. 
you run your promotion once, people go through that and you get, you interact with them, you ask them for feedback, you get testimonials and proof and see their success. So the next time you run a promotion, then you can add in the proof email. So it might not be there in your first cycle, but you can do the second, third or fourth time you run it. Just keep in mind that it's part of the process. Our goal is to meet people who buy in different ways. The person who responds to the proof email really wants to know this worked for you, but will this work for me? And so they want to see something other than what you have to say. So testimonials are, are really the best thing to, to put in here or case studies, stories of other people that went through a similar process and had success. Because oftentimes, and this is even true sometimes, people will tell you about a success they had, but it only happened because they already had a million dollars. One of the first trainings I read about launching a podcast four years ago was by a company that I follow. I still go through many, many of their training programs. And they're like, how to launch your podcast. Step one, this process. Step three, choose your format. Step four, choose your cover image. Step five, promote to your mailing list. Our mailing list is only a million people. I was like, wait a minute, you had a million followers already? Golly, talk about a big advantage. They buried it, but I can't replicate that. So we're afraid that that will happen inside of a course because I've seen it happen other places. I know it's real. You might think, yeah, Jonathan could do this, but I can't. And so we have to bridge that gap and that's what we, what we can do in the proof email. That's why we have so many testimonials of proof inside of our sales letters. Our sixth type of email is the surprise discount of the dollar trial. This is where you can try to save the sale in different ways. Hey, you go, you know what? Okay, you guys didn't buy, but I want to try something crazy. I'm going to try to do something different. Let me see of a different angle. What if I give you like a two week trial? It can be a dollar trial or you can knock the price off one more time. Hey, I've had this on price, half price all week. I'm going to knock another half off now because you didn't buy yet. I'll give it to you for this massive discount. And we're just trying to capture the people that didn't buy. You can, it can be in the form of, okay, you know what? Let me just give you the main training without the bonuses and I'll cut the price in half again. So we can do it in different ways, but we want to do something that pushes it across the edge. And again, you may be running a discount promotion, which I do sometimes. And maybe you mentioned that in the first email, but it could be something that's part of your process. This is the traditional order, the order that most people I know do, but it doesn't mean it's the order you have to follow. When you're sending out this trial email, the surprise discount, you want to make sure that you don't email the people that already bought because they'll be annoyed. So you do have to be careful about that. Say don't email to people that already made the purchase. And you're just trying to bring more people into the fold at whatever it takes. Airlines kind of do the opposite. The longer you wait to buy a plane ticket for most airlines, the prices go up because they know if you're buying a ticket on the day of, it's probably a family emergency and they want to take advantage of that because they're vultures. You know, they could have the mindset and this is why they don't do it. If they lower the price on the last day, everyone will wait till last minute to buy tickets. And it would be a constant state of panic and craziness at the airport, right? If you knew, oh, I could just wait till the day of and get a ticket for 90% off. That's why planes fly with empty seats because they know if they fill up those empty seats with discounts today, then they're going to have a lot of problems down the line. People aren't going to pay full price anymore. They're going to wait for that special discount day. So there's a whole logic to it. So we do want to use this in a strategic way that says, hey, I want you in. I want to do whatever it takes. I want to meet you where you are. If your problem is the price, if that's what's holding you back, I don't want that to be a problem. So what I'm going to do for you is give you a split pay. Instead of paying $1,000 today, you could pay $97 a month for the next year. I want to make it affordable to you. I want to break it down. And so a payment plan can be part of this process. It's something that reaches people that haven't bought because of all the good reasons. And their main objection, well, only objection that's left by this point should be price. The last email, our sequence number seven, our seventh type of email is the last chance email. Hey, I've been showing you this sale for the last four days. There's a timer on the page. It's going to hit zero tonight at midnight. This is your last chance to make a decision. You need to make a decision. You need to hop off the fence. You need to go to the bathroom or jump off the toilet. Whatever metaphor you want to use for switching their mindset. When people see your first post, they go, oh, I have four days to decide. They have this huge amount of time and they go, or seven days, whatever your timer is. And they, they go, I'll think about this, right? The danger is if people go, I'll buy it now or I'll buy it later. Then they forget about you. What you want is for them to go, I'm either going to buy it now or I'm going to buy it never. We want it to be a hard decision instead of a soft decision. We want them to be a firm, hard no. When people say, no, I do not want to buy this course. I really appreciate that because it removes ambiguity. I don't have a problem 
with someone who says that to me or emails me, goes, I don't want this course. It doesn't meet my needs. It's not what I want. Don't email me about it anymore. That doesn't upset me. That never does because they're making a clear decision and I don't have any ambiguity. I don't want to email you stuff you don't want. That's the last thing I want to do is waste our relationship, talk about things that don't interest you. There's enough people that do that in our lives anyways. The last chance email is just a way of saying, look, it's decision making. You have to decide today or this is going to go away. It can be we're creating a sense of urgency. It can be if you don't buy today, the bonuses disappear. If you don't take action today, the discount disappears. If you don't take action today, we're closing the doors. There are different ways to create urgency in your promotions. And so our emails can match that. An example of that is if you're promoting someone else's offer as an affiliate promotion, you can you created a bonus. And on the fourth day, you go, hey, look, you can buy this person's course anytime you want. But today's the last day you can buy it and get a bonus from me. So we're creating a sense of urgency. You can do that even for evergreen products that aren't your own products. The last chance email is just a reminder, hey, that tomorrow I'm going to be talking about something else. So if you really hate this offer, don't read today's email, read tomorrow's email. We're a little bit predicting for the future. For every market, every email, or every person, the right emails in the right order will be different. So I encourage you to test, test, test. I do not use all seven email types in every single campaign. Usually when I run a sale, it's a four-day sale. So how can I send seven email types? I also think hearing about the same thing for seven days is crazy. When I was first building Serve No Master, way back in 2016, I had one course. The only course I had was Words to Profits. It was my flagship course. I was working with a copywriter. This is like five copywriters ago. Someone was writing emails for me because I needed so many emails. And we had a 29-day sales sequence for that product. I was like, this is so annoying. I don't know why I let that happen. It was probably my fault. But I, when I was rechecking and we were through email sequence later, I go, this is insane. If someone sent me 29 emails to sell me the same product, I would hate them. Even 12 emails to the same product is a lot. However, if someone's really on the fence and really interested, they're going to be reading every one of those emails going through every piece and they're really excited and they're really going and engaging. So those people do exist. We just have to balance between the people that are interested and the people that are not interested. And I encourage you to try different types of emails. I'm going to campaign myself to do more email split testing. And so nowadays, every time I write an email, I write two subject lines. I've never done this. So guilty of this, right? It's like, I should be always doing these things. Paris is really, really fastidious about doing it. So every time there's an email going out, I can see that she sent it just because it says there's a split test and we can see which variation won. And it's just smarter marketing. So I need to do it more and more. I just need to be like that. Because testing, even in small testing, gives us better data. Sometimes that little change, right? Two different subject lines will get massive differences in click-throughs. Sometimes it's double. One variation will get 100 clicks. The other variation will get 200 clicks. Okay, well, I, I know which subject line to use next time. Data is so valuable. So try different ideas. Most promotions, if it's a four-day promotions, most of the sales come on day one and day four. That's in every business. That's just how it is, right? There are people that are excited. They go, yeah, I want it. They know they're ready to pull the trigger. They're absolutely on board. And then there's people that are on the fence and they're going to wait to make a decision. They're usually the, the more, like it's the emotional people the first day and the logical people the last day almost, always. Because the first day it's like, I just want it. I know I want it. I'm just going to pull the trigger, whatever. I'm ready to go, right? They want to do it. I'm sure there are some logical people that are part of that, but it's people that get in the mode, they want it, they're excited, they don't want to wait. These are the same people that like wait in line when there's a new phone coming out and they wait outside for like, I don't know, 12 hours. That's one thing I've never done. I've done a lot of things. I waited with one of my friends in line for a new Harry Potter book once. Never read a Harry Potter book, but I waited in line because they wanted me to. I said, all right. They were so excited. It was a whole thing and people were dressed up. Whole world I wasn't a part of. So I've waited a lot of different lines as part of events. I've waited in lines to get concert tickets before. That doesn't even exist anymore, right? Now it's all online. I've done all those things. So I get that. And those are emotional decisions, right? It's like, um, I've been to a lot of Bruce Springsteen concerts. You wouldn't know that about me. Now you do. When I was in college, every single Friday, when I was a freshman, I would hang out with all these seniors and they would listen to live Bruce Springsteen concerts because I was really good at the internet. I would find recordings of concerts. He's one of those musicians that every single concert he's ever had has been recorded. They're all out there and every single one of them has a name. It's a whole thing. 
Grateful Dead isn't the only band that has that going on. And so I would find these different amazing concerts from like the 70s and 80s. I'm like, oh, this is the first time you ever played this song. Or this is the last time you played this song. And I, had, I think I've been to four Springsteen concerts. Pretty sure it's four. And I've seen a Madison Square Garden. And I remember that me and my brother-in-law were each buying tickets for the Madison Square Garden show. And I got floor seats and he got seats that were like way up in the boonies, but we still went to both shows, right? But it's an emotional decision. You go, oh, I'll take these because it's all I can get. I still want to go, right? And so it's not what you wanted, but you still buy it because you don't want to have nothing because you only have like three seconds to get those tickets. Otherwise, they snap up and they're all sold out in a few minutes. So there's logical and emotional stuff that goes on the first day. And the people that are really logical buyers, they wait till the last day and they go, okay, let me look at everything. Time's running out. Okay, I'll make this decision. And they're also, so it can be like 80-20 emotional logical on the first day and then 80-20 logical emotional on the last day. The last day, some of the emotional people go, oh, I, I, I got to do it because time's running out. I need, I need to do it. I'm going to do it, right? So it's a little bit of an emotional buy. And that's why we try to meet people that buy in different ways across the email spectrum. And you'll find that as you test, that as you experiment and you see what your audience responds to, you can send emails to the exact same people I do and they'll respond completely differently because they see you in a different way. Think about that. You probably are on more email lists than just mine. You probably listen to more podcasts than just me and you have different expectations and you respond to when you think about things in a different way. There are certain people you follow that you're really into their blog and you would never listen to their podcast. And there's some people, maybe me, you listen to podcasts, you would never visit my blog because you don't engage in content that way. And that's okay. We're all different. That's what makes the world a beautiful place. That it's a rainbow. There's a rainbow of communication modalities and the things that we like and the ways we respond. I make buying decisions that are emotional sometimes and I make buying decisions that are logical sometimes. I do emotional way more than logical. That's absolutely true. I try every time I make a decision to ask someone else because they won't make an emotional decision. If someone is giving me feedback, usually their decision is pure logic because they don't care. They're not emotionally invested. This is why every time I'm thinking about buying a new tool or piece of software, I send it to Paris and say, hey, what do you think? 90% of the time she goes, what are you, dumb? What would you use that for? And I was like, ah, that sales page was so cool though. I really wanted it. Let's talk about emotional buying, right? I'm like the kid at the checkout counter who goes, give me that candy bar. You don't even like candy. You don't even like that candy. I don't care. I want it. I want it, right? So that's one of the ways I put a check on my purchasing is by asking someone else, hey, what do you think of this? And that helps me to try and be a little better of a consumer. You want to meet your customers at their place. You want to meet them where they are emotionally, where they are intellectually, where they are right now. And that means sending different types of emails in a sequence. And when you use these types of sales emails, when you test different variations, you're going to sell a lot more product and you're going to have a lot more satisfied customers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Ready to master the art of copywriting? Learn the most valuable online skill without spending a penny at servemaster.com front slash ultimate.